0: I can give you a spiritual truth and I'll say, somebody say amen and it'll be like just crickets. I'll let you sit down and say amen, amen, woo! Jesus! Today, I really believe that God's got a word for you. I'm just gonna go ahead and say this to you. I, I told this to the first service that I really never got comfortable with this word that God gave me today I I mean I struggled with it all the way up and through the first service and I'm still struggling with it now because I know the importance of this word that God is giving to me and, and but I also know my limited ability to be able to convey what he placed in my spirit so I want you to hang with me today I'm going to jump around a little bit but I know that we're going to talk about James we're going to talk about the atmosphere in the room we're going to talk about honor in fact, we started a series last week called Building Honor. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, Building Honor. Look at another neighbor and say, Building Honor. Let me just say this. I, I, I got I to gotta honor you because some of you, you, you got an hour less of sleep last night, but yet you're still here. Yeah. I'm just wondering where everybody else is at. <laughs> The last few weeks, we've been having to bring chairs in because there's no room to sit down. Today, everybody's just sleepy. But I believe today God's got a word for you. I believe that it's not by coincidence that you are here. I believe it's by divine design. And so, we're talking about honor. We're talking about honoring God. We're talking about honoring others and how honoring others honors God. But if I were honest with you, we all love to be honored but living with the responsibility of being honorable is is a different story. By that, I mean, honor is both a noun and a verb. We love to be on the receiving side, Johnny, of of honor, but the responsibility side is, is a different story. In fact, in our culture, we've become really good at canceling things rather than honoring things. Now, now, hang here with me for a moment. That's not a political statement. I'm just, I'm just making this honest truth. It, it, we're so good at walking away from things. We're so good at walking away from people. We're so good at turning our backs on people. When the Bible talks about living in such a way that you honor God in every single thing that you do, and I know how hard it is sometimes to work through things. It's easier to walk away from things, and it's difficult to work through things, but we have to remember that every single thing we do, we're doing it as unto the Lord. Therefore, you should have more passion on the job than anyone else. Why? Because you're doing it unto the Lord. Somebody. We as Christ followers should not be tearing other people down. Why? Because that doesn't lift up the kingdom. When we live honorably, we're honoring not only God, but we're also honoring others. And when we honor others, we're honoring God. It's, it's, it's the honor of investment. Last week, we talked about the honor of encouragement. Today, I want to talk about the honor of investment. Are you with me? Somebody say, I'm with you. All right, I'm going to take you to two passages of Scripture. So go ahead and take your Bibles out. Take your mobile devices out. We're going to look at John chapter 12, verses 1 through 6. Yeah, and then we're going to look at Matthew chapter 26, verses 6 through 13 or so. All right, all right, all right. So you're ready. I'm going to take you to John chapter 12 first. John chapter 12, we're going to read just three verses, and then I'll, I want you to hold your finger there, and we're going to jump over to Matthew chapter 26. now. And then we're going to pause and do some work on this concept. Here's what happens in John chapter 12. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Hold your finger there. Go over to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26, verses 6 and following. It says, while Jesus was in Bethany, this is Matthew's rendition or, or articulation of the story. It says, while Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste? The word indignant, by the way, means angry. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. The perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Verse 10, aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me flip with me back over to John. I know I'm jumping around. John chapter 12. I'm going to read one verse. It's verse three. Verse three establishes the context of our conversation. Verse three is going to give to us our title. Verse three says, Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, a very expensive perfume. We'll talk about the expense of the perfume in a few minutes. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Richie, John's articulation of the story tells us that Mary brought an expensive gift. Mary actually brought an asset. Let me explain that to you. This this perfume was considered an asset in that day and age. She brings a very expensive perfume to the party, that is being given in honor of Jesus Christ. And John tells us that the gift that she gave changed the atmosphere in the room. It changed the atmosphere in the room so much that it changed the quality of air in the room and the room was filled with the fragrance. The title of today's message is, what are you leaving in the room? Somebody look at your neighbor and say, what are you leaving in the room? Look at another neighbor and say, what are you leaving in the room? Look at somebody else and say, what are you leaving in the room? Because I want to transport you for a moment to that place, Mike. I want you to go with me 2,000 years ago to this room, Simon's house, in this room where all of the disciples were. There were many people in the house that day, but only one who was willing to change the atmosphere there were many people who brought things but only one who brought something that controlled and changed the atmosphere and the atmosphere was not just changed because of the smell of the room the atmosphere was changed because of the worship that she gave there were many people who brought something that day but only one left an impact what are you leaving in the room Because we're all leaving something in the room. When you go into a room, what is it that you're taking into the room? Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? What experience are you taking into the room? When you walk into the room, is hope going with you into the room? Is love going with you into the room? Are you taking positive things or negative things? When you walk out of the room, are the people saying, Whoo, glad he's gone out of the room. Have you made an impression? When you walk into the room, does the room smell like Jesus or does it begin to look like your problems? Somebody don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I'm just telling you, I'm about to preach. What does the room look like when you walk into it? Are you When you walk into the room, hope should be walking into the room. When you walk into the room, help should be walking into the room. When you walk out of the room, they should miss you because you've left the room. When you're involved in a church, you should be making an investment in such a way that the church is changed because of your experience. Good God Almighty. I had an old math teacher one time, Judah, who told me that the only number that does not change the sum total of the equation is a zero. What are you leaving in the room? Is it love or is it conflict? Is it peace or is it chaos? Is it help or is it selfishness? Because you're taking something into the room. What you're taking into the room, does it change the atmosphere? Let me take you to this place, John's Gospel. Let me set up this story for you, thank you, Judah. John's Gospel is specifically and doctrinally just a little different than the other Gospels. John's Gospel focuses on the divinity of Christ. Mark's Gospel about 35% Thirty-five percent is focused on on the last seven days. Luke's gospel is fo- uh, about forty percent is focused on the last seven days, but John's gospel, about fifty percent of the gospel, is focused on what happens to Jesus in the last seven days of his of his ministry. Here's Jesus on the way to Jerusalem. He stops off in Bethany at a house party that's being given in his honor. Martha is serving up the room, and the Bible says that Mary walks in with this very expensive perfume. And when she comes in with this perfume, one text says that it's an alabaster jar of perfume that she breaks, and she pours it out all over Jesus, and the disciples are wigging out. Why? Because they believe the value of this product that she is now seeming to waste is so much more valuable used in another way. What we could do with this is different. What we should do with this is different. I wonder if basically the disciples were saying, what a waste because the expense of the product is too great for it to be used that way. Can I ask you something? God is going to give you opportunities in your life. But those opportunities will cost you something. They will cost you something. Do you see those opportunities in life as as an investment or do you see those opportunities in life as an expense? I need you to grab that. Some of the opportunities that God gives you will cost you something. Do you look at those opportunities as if they're an expense or an investment? For the disciples, this was an expense that should not have been paid. For Mary, it was the least she could do. It was how her worship was expressed. For Mary, this was an incredible investment. It was also extreme humility because in that day and age when a guest would walk into the room that their feet would be washed and a little dab of perfume would be placed on their head but in this case according to John's story she poured it all on the feet of Jesus and at this moment we begin to discover that the disciples had a different take they had a different reaction Mary is sitting there washing the feet of Jesus and then drying his feet with her hair. And it's just a beautiful moment. But now we see that the disciples are measuring the moment. They're calibrating the moment in a different way. The way that they're calibrating the moment is based upon this financial thing that just happened seems to be a waste. In other words, they're placing a greater value on the perfume than the beauty of the moment that Mary is worshiping Jesus and she's giving this investment away. Hang here with me for a moment. The disciples are like, this is a waste. Why is it a waste? Because the the perfume was so expensive. Theologians and historians tell us that the process that was used to make this extract was so expensive and so rare that this perfume cost about 300 denarii. The average person in Jesus' day made less than a denarii a day. In other words, it was worth over a year's worth of wages. And so now they're watching this beautiful moment. And can you, can you imagine Mary and, and, and the worship that she's giving Jesus and the tears that are streaming down her face and she's taking her hair and she's, she's drying his feet, but yet the disciples are sitting over here and they're, they're just, this is a waste. Why are we doing this? This seems to be just a, a, a waste. In fact, historians even tell us that, that pure nard was actually an investment because it appreciated in value. It became stronger as it got older and families could sell it as an heirloom later on in order to to take care of bills or to take care of expenses or to take care of situations in their family. It was an investment. And here she is giving away the investment. And the disciples are just floored by it. The Bible says the fragrance filled the entire room all while Mary is honoring Jesus this way with this investment. Matthew's gospel tells us something. It says that when the disciples saw this, they were indignant. In other words, they became angry. Why this waste? Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have, everybody say could have. It could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. I kind of envision this story in a little different way. I, I I think that Mary's doing this, and Mary doesn't care about everybody else in the room, and all the disciples are sitting there, and when she comes in, they're expecting her to take just a little dab and put it on his head. Instead, she just pours it all out, and they're like, oh, what a waste. Peter's over there going, Mary, that's a waste. I'm just telling you. I can't believe that, man. Can you believe what she's doing? That's just a waste. And Judas is like, yeah, it sure is. That's a waste. I'm just telling you, I can't believe she's doing that. And Thomas is like, I, just, I just, 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 just can't believe it. I just cannot believe it. And at this moment, they're having this conversation and they're becoming angry about what she's doing because this, listen, this didn't happen and just all of a sudden it just took place and then it was over quickly. I would imagine this, this scene kind of unfolded and it took her a little while. And the longer that it's taking, the more angry they're becoming because the more, more she pours out this oil, the more she pours out this perfume, the more they're thinking, what in the world's happening? And so now they're beginning to complain about the process of worship. Oh, Lord have mercy. They're beginning to complain about what she's doing, why she's doing it, where she's doing it, how she's doing it. And at that moment, their eyes make contact with Jesus, and then they're like, Oh, you know what we're talking about, homie. You know, we ride with you. We just meant we could have used that and we could have gave it away to the poor, Jesus. Trying to be all spiritual now. This beautiful moment is happening. And right in the middle of this beautiful moment, the disciples are missing what is happening because the value that they've placed on the product is greater than the Messiah. We could have. They see it as a liability. Mary sees it as an asset. They see it as an expense. Mary sees it as an investment. We could have. We could have. You, you, you know how we are. We're always like we, we, we could have. We, we could have done that, but if I had done that, then I wouldn't be able to do this. We could have, we, we, we could have given to that, but had I given to that, I might would have gotten over here at the end of the month and not had enough. We could have served, we could have done this. You know how we are, we could have. It doesn't just work with perfume. It also even works with time. I mean we we, we we go to a family event with our family where we should be investing the time, the quality time with our families, but yet our minds are at the job place because we're thinking about what we could be doing. Hmm. Don't shout me down. It 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 works with it works when you're at an event and everybody's present. You're present physically, but yet You're scrolling through your phone on all the social media platforms because you're afraid of what you might be missing because you're at this event. You could be over here paying attention to what's happening over here and you're missing this. And then you wonder why everybody's mad at you in the room because you're physically there, but you're not mentally there. Woo, it's getting all quiet up in God's house. I saw some people put your phones away. Y'all were like, "Mm mm-hmm, did he see me? Do you think he saw me? I could serve, but if I serve, then I'm not going to, I could give, but I'm, so we, we go through life looking through the lens of expense versus investment. Think about that with me for a moment. We kind of break down life in a general ledger format, expense versus investment. Investment, And, and I, I wonder, I wrote this down. I wonder if sometimes we miss the opportunity for investment because we are insecure about what it's going to leave us with if we do. Think about that. We miss the opportunity for investment because we're worried about what it's going to leave us with if we make the investment. The disciples were worried about what was going to be left in that jar, Let's give them the benefit of the doubt because we could sell it to the poor. Mary's not concerned about that investment. She's not worried about what it's going to leave her with. She's not worried that it's the investment of her family. She wants to invest it in Jesus Christ. So many times we're worried about what we're going to be left with and therefore what we're going to be left with seems to be too small and so we're not going to make the investment. This is for somebody in this place. I I need you to grab this. The disciples placed such a value on the perfume that they were so wrapped up in the moment that they saw it as a waste. And because they saw it as a waste, they missed the most valuable experience that they could have ever had. this moment of worship. Because they saw it, they had this preconceived idea as to how much this perfume was worth and because it was worth this much, she's wasting it. And because they had a preconceived idea of the value of the perfume, they missed the value of the opportunity. How many times have we missed the opportunities that God gives us because either we're not paying attention or we have some preconceived notion that keeps us from investing. Think about that with me. How many times have we missed the opportunity for the investment because either we're not paying attention or we have some preconceived notion that, that, that talks us out of making the investment? see this is this is something I need you to see John chapter 12 verse 4 watch this John's gospel says but one of the disciples Judas of all people who was later to portray him uh, said I- I'm offended at this why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor it was worth a year's wages Verse 6, he did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. God, Lord. In other words, he's not saying it genuinely. He thinks this is a waste. Why? Because he could be doing something different with it. He's not the only one complaining, though. Over in Matthew's gospel, Matthew tells us that all of the disciples became indignant. All of the disciples became angry at what was happening here. All of them began to complain about it. Can we acknowledge the fact that many times an investment looks like a liability? Can we acknowledge the fact that many times we see an investment as a liability? We could have. We should have. If I serve, I I won't be able to. If I give, I won't be able. If I go, I won't be able. I could be doing this other stuff. Rather than honoring the moment that you're in and giving it your full investment, we're always thinking about what we could be doing, where we should be, where we wished we would be. So the only thing that the disciples brought into the room, think about this with me. Here she brings this incredible investment into the room, but the only thing the disciples brought into the room was a lack of honor and discord. This beautiful experience is happening, but you you got these 12 dudes over here talking about why it shouldn't be happening. And so discord is, is happening. And, and so what ends up happening is, is pretty soon that thing that you, 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 that opportunity that God is giving you that is such a beautiful opportunity, you begin to see it as a liability rather than an investment. And because you see it as a liability rather than an investment, you don't invest in the opportunity. And, and, and then you, you walk into a room and you've already got a preconceived notion as to why you shouldn't even be there because you've got other things that you need to be doing. Can I get a witness up in the house today? And so you you, you don't pass out mercy. Instead, you hold on to unforgiveness. You, you, you don't serve others because you, you wish that they would serve you. You're not generous to others because you, you just want to hold on to it for yourself. And this becomes the, the calibration that you, that you live by. Listen, the word investment actually means to make more valuable. Think about this with me for a moment. For Mary, the perfume was not most valuable in the jar. The perfume was most valuable when she poured it out on Jesus. For the disciples, the perfume was most valuable when it was in the jar. Are you grabbing this? This works not just for perfume. It works for everything in life. If your most precious commodity is your time, then your relationships will suffer. Do you know why? Because healthy relationships take time. And therefore, you don't want to invest in that relationship because it's taking your time, which is your most precious commodity. Isn't it quiet up in God's house today? I I feel all alone up in this place. I need somebody to help me. And so Mary and the disciples, really they're functioning on two different wavelengths. They're valuing the concept of worship from two different perspectives. Really, that's what this is. It's about worship. What is worship? Worship is showing worth. The way Mary is showing worth to Jesus is an investment for her. But for them, it's like, hold on a second. That doesn't make sense. That seems to be like a a, a, a waste. Could, could it be that many times our worship is misplaced? Could it be many times that our worship is misdirected? Can I get a witness? Like, let me give you an example. If you worship your job, then you don't have a job. Your job has you. You'll be enslaved to that job. You'll sacrifice family time, quality time, all kinds of things because your job is your most important thing to you because you want the success of the corner office. And so you'll do whatever it takes to reach that success, that pinnacle of success. You'll do whatever you have to to get there. But let me give you something that's probably gonna crush you for the moment. When you get there, you will find out that it's not what you thought it was. You know why? Because you'll find out that it does not bring the fulfillment that you thought it would bring. Do you know why? Because your job cannot save you. Your job cannot redeem you. Your job doesn't Establish your identity. Good God Almighty. Somebody, anybody, everybody. (laughs) Can I tell you something else? You don't honor God by giving your kids everything they want. You honor God by raising your kids in a godly way. There's a difference there. You don't just have the responsibility of provision. You have the, the spiritual responsibility of direction, of investment. The more that I read this passage of scripture, the more that I preached out of it, I, I, God just continued to show me things that I'd never seen out of this narrative. Just, just simply stated, it, the disciples placed such a greater value on this perfume than, than Mary's worship that they saw what Mary was doing as not making sense. Almost... It says they became angry at it, which means that they probably even saw it as worthless because we could have done so much different with that money, with that product. And then it hit me. You know what they're doing? They are calling Mary's investment into the kingdom as not making sense, as over the top. That's overboard. When was the last time that someone saw how you live for Christ and they said, that seems to be a little extreme? When was the last time? When was the last time you walked into a room and it became so evident to everyone that you're a Christ follower, that the atmosphere in the room changed? my mind went back 18 years ago last week we celebrated 16 years as your pastors you're 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 just a great church God's done some incredible things over 16 years but if I'm transparent most of you probably don't know this I'm going back 18 years ago because it was 18 years ago that this church came to me this church was it, it just had a few people who called the church home it, it was it was I've shared with you before it, when it would rain outside it would rain inside I, I told you 26 buckets of, of of water that we were catching when it would rain outside that were scattered around the church i i even had a sermon one time called 26 buckets and you know it was just a lot of stuff that that was just broken and and they came to me two years before I became the pastor and they asked me what I consider becoming the pastor And I was like nope It took two years for God to convince me that this is what I was supposed to do. It took two years. And throughout that two years, as I'm transitioning or beginning to to, to believe that this is what God created me to do, I'm beginning to talk to people about what it is that I'm doing, and people begin to look at me as if I was breaking the alabaster jar of perfume, and that doesn't make sense. You've got a business. Why, why would you leave your business, your successful business, to do something? That doesn't make sense. For me, I was like, I, I, I just, I think God's called me to sell it and to do this. I, I think God's called us to, to sell that and to liquidate all that stuff and to, to do this. That doesn't make sense. That seems like a waste. Then several years ago when we did our first annual hop in the park, If you've not been a part of Hop in the Park, Hop in the Park, we haven't been able to do it for the last several years, but we do it on Good Friday. We haven't been able to do it because of COVID. We thought we were going to do it this year. Unfortunately, things just didn't work out, but we'll probably get back to it next year. But anyway, the point that I'm trying to make is the very first year we did Hop in the Park, we know Hop in the Park, the last year we did it, drew about 30,000 people. It's an incredible event that's free of charge for our entire city. That event costs you know, $80,000 to $100,000 a year. A lot of people say it doesn't make sense because of the investment. The very first year we did it, the first year that we did hop in the park, it was gonna cost us about $35,000, maybe a little bit more. And everyone that I was talking to about the event, you know, they were like, man, that's just, that just doesn't make sense. What most of them did not know is what I knew, that it was significantly more money than we had in the bank. It really didn't make sense. But I knew that we had to look at it as an investment, not an expense. Because when you're giving an investment, the investment brings a return. If I'm looking at it like an expense, then why do it? The honor of investment should show up in every single area of your life. It should show up in your relationships. It should show up in your kids. It should show up in your career. It should show up in your business. The disciples looked at this like it was a waste. Mary looked at it like it was an investment. The disciples looked at this like it was a liability. Mary looked at it like it was an asset. And then this is what happens in Matthew chapter 26, verse 10. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. And then the Holy Spirit dropped this in my lap, Marguerite. The Holy Spirit, I began to realize what Jesus was saying. What Jesus was saying is that if you don't become aware of the need of investing into the kingdom, sooner than later, you won't even notice the needs of man around you. If you don't notice and become aware of the need to invest in the Lord, is what he's saying, to pour this out, pretty soon you won't even notice the needs of man that are around. And then as all of this is unfolding and I'm, I'm seeing this, I, 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 I'm seeing the disciples in the room, they're indignant, I'm seeing all of this happening. And, and then I, I begin to think, hold on a second. Then it comes down to how much of God that Mary's wanting versus how much of God the disciples are wanting. Did you know the amount of God that you experience is not up to God, it's up to you. Honor is both a noun and a verb. How much of God you want to experience is not up to God, it's up to you. Are you wanting to experience God Or are you dictating to God what you want to experience? Are you grabbing this? Are you wanting to experience God or are you dictating to God what you want to experience? Because that's what the disciples were doing. The Bible says that God will inhabit the praises of his people. The word inhabit, James, that word means to actually make a household out of. In other words, my praise has the determining factor as to whether or not God is fully in my life or not based upon my praise. Why? Because it says that he wants to inhabit my praise. He wants to make a household out of it. So if I want more of God, then my praise should be more often. If I want more of God, then my praise should be more obvious. If I want more of God, then my praise should be more loud. If I want more of God, then I should step up and begin to praise God in a radical way. Because I don't want God just in one room in my house. I want God to take over my house. I want God to pour out a blessing upon me that there's not room enough to receive why because it's an investment for the lord somebody give him a praise up in this place jump up on your feet i'm going to give you two more things two more things jump up on your feet it says verse 13 jesus says truly i tell you wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world what she has done will also be told in memory of her 2,000 years later we're talking about a jar of perfume a worship experience and the disciples being angry over it 2,000 years later after the first service someone sent me a text and the text said had the woman sold the perfume we wouldn't even be talking about And then, probably something that went right over your head. Why did Mary want to make this investment? Why did she see it this way? When no one else in the room did. You have to go back over to John chapter 12, verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Verse 2, just put verse 2 up for me. I know I didn't tell you verse 2 verse 2 you have it here a dinner was given in jesus honor martha served while lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him mary and martha were sisters to lazarus jesus raised lazarus from the dead mary couldn't help but to pour out the investment because of all that God had done for her. If God's been good to you, if God has blessed you, if God has encouraged you, if God has lifted you up, if God has given you salvation, if God has poured hope out upon you, if God has poured help out upon you, if God has been there when nobody else was, then somebody pour out the investment of praise up in the house. What are you leaving in the room? Somebody give him an investment of praise.